this morning we're looking at what does the Bible say about a godly marriage. First off, there's only one institution recognized by God in marriage. It's not two men. It's not two women. It's one man and one woman married together in holy matrimony for life. That is the only marriage that God sees. It was defined, as we just read, it was defined in the garden. Genesis chapter 1 and 2. You have uh, the week of creation where we've all read the stories of what God did on each day. The sixth day is the day before God rests, okay? So he creates the earth and the universe and the heavens. And as I said earlier, he could have said, okay, I'm going to create Israel, or I'm going to create my law, or I'm going to create the scriptures. But what does he do? He puts the masterpiece in place, his representation in the earth, marriage. He establishes this institution that is literally as old as dirt because it's been around since the very beginning. He creates marriage, the masterpiece. We, we don't define marriage. The government does not define marriage. Who defines marriage? God defines marriage. It's his program. He had it long before we did. Okay? So we're going back to the book. How do we make our marriages solid? How do we... Uh, fortify our marriages? How do we love our spouses more? How do we become more dedicated to our family? By going back to the scriptures, going back to God's word. And that's what we're doing this morning. So we talked about what Moses said in Genesis, well actually what God said through Moses in Genesis, but Jesus cemented the definition of marriage. In Matthew chapter 19, he says, um, verses 4 and 6, he says, have you not read that it was he who created them from the beginning, made them male and female, and said, for this reason, this is Jesus' words in red, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. They are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. You can be thankful to God this morning for the spouse to sit next to you. It's his program his institution that brought you together. It's, he's such an awesome God. Marriage, you see, marriage fulfills man's deepest needs. When I say man, I'm talking about all mankind. Man, uh, marriage fulfills man's deepest needs and woman's, a woman's deepest needs. The first one is companionship. We all desire in this life we have, whether you have 30 years or 80 years, we all desire to have a companion. We're not meant to go at life alone, except for some people, the scripture says, that have been given the gift of, of being single, but for the most part, people want a companion. Second thing that um, marriage fulfills in our deepest desires is sexual intimacy. Every human being has a, a drive for sexual desire, and God has given us that gift to be enjoyed within the confines of marriage between a husband and a wife. Thirdly, um, through being married, husband and wife, it gives us the gift of children, you know, for children. And ultimately, as we're going to see in the text this morning, marriage um, reflects the relationship. Marriage in the earth, husband and wife, it reflects the relationship between Christ and his church. So marriage is huge. Marriage is more than just a piece of paper. It's more than just a contract. It's more than something that you go down to the courthouse and 
you sign right here and she signs right there and they get the picture taken. It's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. Marriage is life-changing. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's a gift from God to us to enjoy our spouses um, for life. So turn in your Bibles, if you're not already there, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're gonna look, only going to look at 11 verses this morning. I broke up this section because uh, verses 22 through 33 deal with marriage. And then next week, um, we're going to deal with children and parenting and our jobs. Because that's what the next um, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 starts off with. So we'll finish chapter 5 this morning. I said we're going to start in verse 22, but in context, let's look at verse 21. By the way, Ephesians chapter 22, verse 33, this is the greatest treatise on marriage in all the Bible. This is a commentary, this is a commentary on Genesis. The best commentary on the Bible is the Bible itself. It, it, it brings itself together. So now Paul is going to give us what a, a godly marriage looks like. So Ephesians 5.21, it says, And to be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. To be subject to one another. He's talking to both, he's talking to both husband and wife, because the very next verse, he's going to go straight into the um, marriage relationship. But basically from verse 21, you need to understand this, is we both have roles. It takes two to tango. <laughs> it takes two people for a successful marriage. Here's the outline for my message this morning. Godly marriage. We're looking at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. And we're going to go through each of those verses on the right. And we're going to fill in the blank on what love in a marriage looks like based on the text. So both husband and wife play a role. It's not just the husband. It's not just the wife. It takes two to bring it together and to make it awesome to make it amazing you want your you want your marriage to be awesome you want it to be amazing you want the fireworks on the fourth of july and things to be great let's go back to the word and see what the word says verse 22 verse 22 through 24 let's read it all this is addressing to the this addresses the wife verse 22 says wives be subject to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. So the very first one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, announce it to you, and then I'm going to teach on it. The very first one is this. A wife's love is trusting and a respecting love. It's trusting and a respecting love. If you have a King James Bible, it says, wives, submit to your husbands. Basically what that word submit means is, it's, it's been twisted by the culture. People, people use it in a negative connotation, which is, is totally wrong and totally false. But basically what submit means is this, let your husband be the leader. That's what it means. Let your husband be the leader. And that's what every lady wants. She wants a strong leader. She wants someone that will lead the family. When we say uh, 
the NASB says be subject. The, the, new, the King James says submit. It, it, it means, uh, uh, ladies, you support your man. You, su- you support your man. I'm telling you right now, I can't, I can't do it without Irene's support. I can't. I can't do what I'm doing today. I cannot be the pastor of Calvary Chapel without my wife's loving support. She is like my backbone. She is my support. She is my encourager. She is my strength. When I'm down and I'm out and I've been beat up, she's the one that lifts me up. She, she, she supports me because she submits to my leadership. The also the, the, if you look at the definition of the word that's used here, it also means to respect. If you've ever been in any marriage class, you'll know that that's a man's love language. That's just that's, that's, that us men, we like respect. We take a lot of pride in our name and, and who we are and where we're going in life. And, we, and what builds us up, what builds our hearts up is respect. That's, that's our love language. But notice what um, he says in verse 22. He says, wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. Basically what uh, Paul is saying here is, is uh, ladies, wives, is when, you, when you're submissive to your husband, it's your worship. It's, it's your part in serving the Lord. It's your part. This ain't, this ain't a he versus she. This ain't a hierarchy. Galatians 3.28 says we're all one in Christ Jesus. But this is structure. We all like structure. We all like things to be in place. There's structures that work and there's structures that don't work. And when we use God's structure, it works. But it says, as to the Lord, this is you, your service. This is your worship. This is your part in living in a godly marriage. And then it's very important that we look at the end of verse 24. It says, but as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. Be careful with that. Be careful with that. That's everything that is godly. That is everything that is godly, and that is everything that is good, not sinful. Not simple. That's one point where you say, I'm sorry, husband, I love you, but I can't go there. When it's, when it's sinful, when it's evil, when it's to do wrong, to do bad. It should be godly things and good things, not evil and not bad things. That's the instructions that scripture gives us, gives to our wives. Now remember I said in the beginning, it takes two to tango. It takes two to make this, okay? And that may, that, that may sound... Um, challenging to some wives but check this out it's equally challenging if not even more challenging to our husbands as we get in you know we we've heard that word submit get twisted and turn and 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 in different movements but when you look at what it says to the man it's equally challenging let's look at what it says to us husbands starts in verse 25 the very first word was first word in 25 say he says husbands Here's our instruction, men. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. What do you think number two is up there? A, a, a husband's love is a 
Did you look in my notes? Oh, she brought it up there. Okay, okay. I was like, what? Is there, is there, is there the Holy Spirit doing something here and speaking forth in someone? But uh, a husband's love is a sacrificial love. It's a sacrificial love. So let's look at this. This picture, verses 25 through 27, is the husband laying himself down for his wife. This can be a challenge, and this can be hard. So let's break down this passage. Go back to verse, verse 25. He says, husbands, love your wives. Notice what it does not say. It does not say, husbands, dominate your wife. It does not say, or, uh, husbands, order your wife around. It does not say, husbands, you rule over her. It doesn't say that. The scripture is telling you and me this morning, it's not to dominate her, it's not to rule over her, it's not to order over her. It says, it says what it says. It says, love. Love your wife. Love your wife. And then, what's the definition of love? Continue reading in the verse. He defines love in verse 25. He says, uh, the biblical definition of love within the marriage is this. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. The sacrificial love that's talked about in this passage that husbands, we are to do for our wives is number one, is you lay down your life. You lay down your life for your wife. You lay lay down your life. That's a picture of you deny yourself. You deny yourself for the sake of your wife. You lay aside your own well-being and you take care of your wife. You want to know how to treat your wife? Study Jesus in the Bible and follow in his footsteps. Hello, that can, that can be hard. But, but men, husbands, that's what we're called to do. We're called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And just as Jesus took care of the church, we take care of our wives. How did Jesus ultimately take care of the church? He died on the cross. He laid his life down. That's a huge sacrifice and men, that means that we, we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. We, we turn from our pride and we humbly say, Lord, I want to love my wife like you love the church. And I want to lay my life down for her. That's what it's saying there. We lay our, we lay our, our, our lives down for our wife, for their well-being. The second thing that sacrificial love does is this. It, it promotes your wife's spiritual well-being. I'm going to repeat that again. Your, your sacrifice and laying yourself down for your life, it, it helps it, you push her in growing in the Lord. Look at verse um, 26. He's talking about the husband's love for the wife, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she would be holy and blameless. A husband's love for his wife, the sacrificial love, it promotes our spiritual well-being. Now, we're all responsible here. Every man and, and woman here, husband and wife, we're all responsible for our own spiritual walk with Christ, and we're responsible for our own faith and our daily walk with him. But men, according to this text here, what you and I need to do is we need to create an atmosphere. 
We need to create an atmosphere in our homes where our wives can grow. How do we do that? We follow Jesus ourselves. Be the spiritual leader in your home is what the text is saying. Be the spiritual leader in your home and let your wife come alongside you and give her a place to grow. Encourage her. Pray for her. Honey, go off to that Bible study. Go off to that women's retreat. You go get in the word for yourself. You spend time in worship. But there's a, there's a, um, there's a pushing your wife and say, honey, you go love, you go seek God's face. Our goal, men, in being leaders of the home in this sacrificial love, our goal and our hope and our prayer is that we look in our wives and we say, honey, I want you to love Jesus more than you love me. That's what you want. Because the more she loves the Lord and the more she serves the Lord, the better a wife she will be to you. And vice versa. Husbands, the more we serve the Lord and we love the Lord and, and follow him, the better a husband will be. There's uh, 12 or 13 verses here. And I think I counted 12. I think there's 13 references to Christ in this text. So what is he saying is at the center of a godly marriage? Jesus the Lord Jesus Christ, and pursuing the Lord. That's our goal. Verse 28, and we'll move on to number three here. Um, this is, uh, he, he says it right there at the opening of verse 28. This is directed to husbands. So husbands ought to also love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. What do you think number three is? Caring. Caring. A husband's love, based on verses 28 through 30, men, is our love towards our wife should be a caring love. Should be a caring love. I find it interesting. Look at verse 29. I thought this was kind of funny. Uh, Paul says in the opening of verse 29, he says, For no one ever hated his own flesh. No one ever hated their own flesh. You know, that's one thing we don't struggle with in America. That's the one thing we don't struggle in the world is we don't, we don't struggle with hating ourselves. Matter of fact, we take care of ourselves, whether it's our cars, our boats, um, shaving, taking care of ourselves. For the, for the most part in America, we are wired to take care, number one, and that's to take care of ourselves. And to look after ourselves. If we're honest, we'd, we'd say, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're a self-absorbed people. We're a self-absorbed people. But what we have to do is we have to shift. That if men, I'm talking to the men now because it says in verse 28, so husbands, talking to men. we got to shift that attention away from ourselves, okay? And we got to shift it to our wives is what verses uh, 28 through 30 says. When she needs strength. When your wife needs strength, you need to give her strength. When she needs encouragement, you need to give her encouragement. The, the text says, uh, verse 20, for husbands ought to also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. It's our job, men, to care for our wives, to care for our wives, to take care of them. We take care of our wives physically. In the physical world, you know, in everyday life, we're called to take care of our wives. We're called to take care of our wives um, financially. 
and, and, and now there's nothing wrong if husband and, if both husband and wife work, but for the most part, the husband should be the one working, and the wife can work also if she so chooses. Proverbs 31 says one of the characteristics of a godly woman is that she, she's willing and able to work. There's nothing wrong with that, but, but men, we got to make sure that we're taken care of. We're, we're taken care of financially. And, and, then ult- and then another one, sexually. Just like men have sexual desire, so do women. And so do our wives. And we need to make sure that we're taking care of them sexually as well as they're taking care of us sexually. He says in um, verse 29, uh, verse 29, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Husbands, we have to nourish and we have to cherish our wife. That word cherish, it means to make warm, to embrace, to cuddle. <laughs> What's up with that? But, 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 but basically, I believe what the text is saying is, and that's important that we give them that, that we give them a warm embrace and a cuddle. But when we, when we cherish and, and we nurture our wives, what do we do? We give them one of their greatest needs, and that is security. Security. Husbands, we need to hold our wives, love our wives, and give them security in every area of their life, whether it's physically, sexually, emotionally, spiritually. We need to be there for them. Amen? So a husband's love, based on number three, a husband's love seeks to take care of his wife. Guys, as, as we get into this, a husband that loves his wife sacrificially, and that what we just saw in the text and a husband that loves his wife with a caring love and cares for her, man, she's going to have, she's going to be like, that is my man. That is my leader. That is my follower. That is the man I trust. That is the man I respect. That is the man I submit to. You, you see, people have a stigma on one side or the other. Because a lot of times in marriages, one is pulling their weight and one is not. Okay, and sometimes it's, sometimes the man's not pulling his weight. Sometimes the sometimes, excuse me the man. Sometimes the husband is not pulling his weight. Sometimes the wife is not pulling his weight. But when they're both pulling their weight and they're both doing what the scripture says, watch out. It's an it will turn into an amazing marriage when they follow Christ and they do uh, what the scripture says. Let's look at the fourth one. Let's, let's look at verse thirty-one first, and then we'll look at number four. This is where I got the, the fourth bullet from, verse 31 and verse 32. It says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and they shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The fourth line is, a husband and a wife's love is an unbreakable love. An unbreakable love. An unbreakable love, what? What God designed, what God brought together, let no man separate. When, when two people come together in marriage, it's, the, it's the, um, the indivisible one. It's the indivisible one. You're no longer two, but you're one together. That's a, that's a serious bond. That, that's an, a, an amazing bond. And as you move forward in your life and you, the more you serve Christ, the more you get into the Word, the more you press forward in your relationship with Christ, the stronger that bond becomes. It's bonded from the beginning. 
It's bonded from the beginning, but to strengthen that bond, you grow closer and, and closer to Christ. This is why the Bible condemns all sexual immorality. And this is why the scripture, where the scripture says God hates divorce. Because it violates this unbreakable bond. It violates this unbreakable bond. And that's not God's plan. It's not God's plan. Our, and also, talking about this unbreakable love, our unbreakable love should produce a reflection. Our, you, the, the love that you have between you and your wife, the love that you have in your relationship, it should, be, it should, it should reflect. It should reflect something. Let's look at it in verse 32. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Again, I said in the very beginning, it's more than a, a, a court document. It's, it's more than a ceremony. It's all those things. It's more than you living life together and having children and having family and moving forward in life and growing. What is it? It's reflecting what? Jesus and the church. Jesus and the church. That's what the scripture says. It, it reflects the relationship between the body of Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Let's finish this up. Verse 33. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her, her husband. Again, the opening verse with the end verse with the wife um, trust her husband. She respects her husband. She follows her husband's leadership. Uh, we looked at 12 verses this morning. We looked at 12 verses on marriage. And if you go through and count, at least I counted anyway, I counted 13 specific references to Jesus. So what does that say to us this morning? How can you strengthen your marriage relationship, wives? Husbands, how can you strengthen your marriage with your wife? By making the Lord Jesus Christ the center and seeking him and following him. The answer to everything in life, whether it's marriage, parenting, we're going to talk about that next week. Next week we'll talk about parenting and our jobs. Um, but the answer to everything in life is found in the gospel. It's found in the gospel. He fixes everything. When we go back to the basics, when we go back to the scriptures, and that's what will make our marriages strong. My hope and, and my encouragement to you guys this morning and my prayer for you is that you take these words to heart and, and let your relationship with Jesus Christ and you diving into scripture and you diving into the word, let it strengthen your relationship and your faith in Jesus Christ but also let it make us all become better husbands and better wives. Pastor John over at C.C. Lexington, I remember every time he would preach on marriage, something that always stuck with me was the triangle. Y'all ever heard his, his triangular? His, uh, imagine a triangle. Imagine there's a triangle, just like this right here. The husband is right here, and the wife is right here, and God is right there. Well, the clo the closer that the husband and wife get to God, what happens? 
the closer they get to each other. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that so biblical and so true? That the closer you get to Christ, the closer, the more I get into his word, the, 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 the more clearer I think, the more biblical I think, and it affects every part of my life, including my marriage to Irene. That is the key to a better marriage, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And looking at this text, this is the commentary of commentaries on marriage. Uh, amazing passage. Amen? Amen. just want to pray for the marriages this morning, and I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're challenged to uh, go home and get into the Word yourself. There's a lot more passages. I, when I finished my sermon preparation this week, I had like five pages of notes and five pages of passages. And then Friday and Saturday, I had to narrow it down to, uh, to a 30-minute to a sermon, 30, 45-minute sermon. But uh, lots of great passages on marriage and uh, lots of great studies. So let's pray for our marriages. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you, Father, for the truth of marriage. Father, I lift up every marriage in our church, in our fellowship, and I pray, Lord, for the husbands and the wives that you will strengthen their faith in you, that they will pursue you with all their heart, God. And I pray one of the products, the byproducts of this growing relationship with you is that, you, that you'll draw them closer to their spouse. Father, if there are families and, and marriages that are struggling, I pray, Lord, that this will be a word of encouragement to those husbands and wives. Father, I pray that you strengthen them, Lord, that you give them grace, Father, and that you build our marriages on the rock of your word. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for what your word says. In Jesus' name I pray, Father. Amen.